Hey y'all, this is Benny, the host of the Last Week at Podcast. Before we really get into this week's episode, I just wanted to say that it's been great fun for me and my co-host Mayank to use this podcast as a medium to chat with an incredible area of guests from all over the world on a variety of topics in the cricketing universe. For a couple of amateur podcasters, this is all possible due to Spotify for podcasters. And if you want to get in on this as well, here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. As added features, video podcasts are also now available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. So if you have an idea for a podcast, give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com podcasters to get started. Hello and welcome to The Last Wicket, a cricket podcast that is perfect for when you want to take a break from all the Olympics action. I'm your host, Benny, and this week, me and fellow co-host Nish will be speaking with special guest Hamant Butch. Hamant is a sports broadcaster with over 25 years of experience in the industry, having created content for most of the leading cricket broadcasters around the world, apart from having worked with organizations such as the World Hockey Federation and the World Badminton Federation. His most prominent role was as Senior Vice President of Production with 10 Sports, which he helped set up and created content for over 15 years. He is currently a freelance consultant, working on live sports broadcasts across the world, and recently he was in Sri Lanka on assignment for the ODI and T20 International Series featuring Shikhar Dhawan's India side. Stay tuned for his thoughts on the series and his experience in the sportscasting industry over the decades. Hello, Hamid. Welcome to The Last Wicked. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Benny. It's nice to be here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was, I was telling you before we started recording uh, that I've, you know, followed you on and off over the years and I've heard about you. So this is really uh, a great opportunity for us uh, to talk to you. And we have lots to talk about, uh, but really before we get into your career as a broadcaster and get your thoughts on, you know, the two series in Sri Lanka, um, I need to start off by asking you about one of your passions, uh, which I know is photography. Um, now, I cannot think of a better place to be stuck in quarantine, uh, waiting for games to start uh, than a place like Sri Lanka. Uh, from all that I've seen and heard about it, gorgeous place, you know, with all the constraints of the bubbles and the quarantines, d- did you get a chance to just get out and, you know, click a bunch of photos? Well, uh, the whole concept of a bubble is that you don't get an opportunity to get out. So uh, yeah, you are, you're in the hotel and uh, basically you are sort of stuck to your little island uh, and, and yeah, but Sri Lanka, the hotel itself, you're in a very, very beautiful hotel, one of the old yeah. heritage hotels. And it's it's an icon. Um, 
the location is brilliant, perhaps the best in all of, you know, the, the city of Colombo. And uh, yeah, my room was right on the sea, basically just about, you know, 10 yards from the sea. So it was, it was really beautiful. You could catch, uh, you know, lovely sunsets, uh, though, yeah, unluckily, we didn't have the greatest of sunsets while we were in Colombo. But, but it was beautiful and, and all places are as beautiful as you want them to be or you can make them out to be. Photography, yes, is a passion. Travel allows me to do it. Not these days. I don't even take my camera along now because mm. it's, it's too frustrating to have your camera and, and not, not be able to get out and you know, click some stuff that you would like to. So yeah, uh, right now the iPhone is, is my only camera these days. Uh, <laughs> does the job uh, for, for the places you know, I'm stuck to. Yeah. Well, I have never been to Sri Lanka and I really hope to one day. And, you know, I've heard so much good things about it. Nish, have you ever been to Sri Lanka? I know that uh, you're also a very outdoorsy and a traveling person. Yes, but uh, I've been to Sri Lanka maybe 20 years ago, I think. Um, oh, okay. Once when I was in transit, I my flight got delayed or canceled, I believe. And I was in a similar um, hotel by the beach and I still remember we were building like sand castles and stuff. It was, it was, it was a time before I could enjoy the true outdoors <laughs> that Sri Lanka offered. <laughs> you know, listening to him, sand castles and stuff. So he was not in Colombo because there is uh, really no sand in Colombo city on the beaches. They're, they're very rocky okay. beaches. So he must have been down south, I'm guessing. Or yeah, if it was 20 years ago, possibly down south because east wasn't really accessible then. You know, talking about Sri Lanka, let's get to, you know, the reason that you were in Sri Lanka uh, till recently, you know, obviously with uh, the Indian team traveling to Sri Lanka for both the ODI and the T20 International Series. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts as a cricket fan, you know, keeping aside just your career, keeping aside your professional qualifications and all of that. Uh, as a fan, as a cricket fan, uh, I just wanted to get your take on you know, the Indian team, you know, obviously not a full strength squad due to a lot of issues. Uh, what are your thoughts on the team's performance in both the series, you know, particularly Shikhar Dhawan's captaincy? Well, it's hard to judge because as you know, the series was affected by COVID and uh, there was an unprecedented situation where, uh, you know, they, they really had no batsmen to choose from. All five available batsmen played. Bhuvneshwar Kumar batted at six in the last right. couple of T20s. Uh, India had won the uh, first one, uh, so yeah, it's it's hard to judge captaincy in this situation. But he he was a real ambassador. He he was you could see him talking to the Sri Lankans. The team itself uh, was was brilliant because you know they went out and made a lot of friends. They uh, you could see Hardik Pandya handing his bat to one of the youngsters, Karuna Ratna, and you know you could you could see all all the players really got along. Even when Rahul Chahar uh, sort of had a go at Panindu Asranga when he got him out. Uh, you know, the next game they were they were punching, you know, gloves and you know it was it was nice. It was it was an excellent sort of uh, you know played in good spirits and all of that. It was it was good for Sri Lanka that they came out and won. It wasn't India's best side by any stretch of the imagination, especially right. after the after uh, the carnage that was wreaked by by the positive COVID test for Krunal Pandya. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there were there were a lot of gains for Sri Lanka more than more than India. 
for india it was it was a little bit uh, of a situation where hardik pandya we had we had more questions than answers regarding his fitness because he he wasn't that effective as a bowler he didn't do much with the bat either um surya kumar yadav was was one bright shining light bhuneshwar kumar bowled a few good spells uh kuldeep bowled bowled okay chahal bowled quite pretty well uh uzi chahal was 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 quite good in the games that he bowled in and rahul chahar bowled well in the last t20 so there were a few games but there were there weren't really any stand out performances that you could take there there was probably uh you know you you might say that manish pandey did himself a disservice by failing in the t20s uh oh, sorry in the in the odis and uh, sanju samson uh, didn't make the best of his opportunities so there were there were a few things that india would be worried about uh, but knowing the guys at the helm uh, i don't think uh, you know they they would they would stress too much they probably have their world t20 or t20 world cup side all mapped out Right. Uh, and um, and yeah i mean I, i i think it was it was in that sense it was a reasonable outing for for india but for sri lanka yes they, it was it was a big win whatever circumstances they will take this victory they will take the positives out of it and right. you know they will celebrate it as well they should because you know when is a win you don't you don't choose who you play against it it just happens and they got the rubber of the green and yeah nothing to be apologetic about and, and speaking of you know sri lanka's performance i think for me at least the standout performer was Wanindu Hasranga um there's already been a lot of uh, buzz about which IPL side will pick him because obviously that's how we measure foreign players performance these days uh what did you make of obviously he's this is not like a breakout performance for him i feel like he's been doing this for sri lanka for a while now but obviously when you perform against india you just get a lot more buzz uh what did you make of uh, hasranga's performance across the uh, two series No, Hasaranga is is an ideal performer when I when I saw him uh, a while back I saw him at the LPL and he was he was brilliant I mean a amazing fielder uh, very good white ball bowler not as effective with the red ball but very good white ball bowler and uh, and very effective lower order hitter as well so he's he's got everything that that a team needs he's you know he's he's like an adil rashid in that sense but uh, adil rashid didn't make it to any of the ipl teams so right. i don't know whether indian uh, in need spinners uh, they do yes i think he's a fantastic option and uh, yeah i mean he did he did himself uh, no harm at all this is this is what i had been telling people as well that if there is one sri lankan who deserves to be uh, in an ipl team it's vanindu uh, hasranga having said that Dushmanta Chamira uh, is is an excellent uh, sort of pick as well. I I think right. uh, the, his pace, his his accuracy since the tour of England, he's he's really upped his game, and he was he was excellent against uh, against India as well. So I I think uh, he was good. Karuna Ratna was impressive uh, with both bat and ball. Uh, he was he bowled like Neil Wagner does, banging the ball in despite being not very quick, reasonably effective as well. and a very good uh, you know lower order hitter as well so he's he's also an ideal sort of t20 player whether a team needs something like that i uh, i i don't know but you know if somebody can pick colin de grandom or jiminisham i think somebody like a karuna ratna could be effective as well and what about dasan shanaka obviously he took over the captaincy in um not really the ideal circumstance 
but you know, we talked about, or we were thinking about how that one's captaincy impacted India's performance. What about Dustin Shanaka? Do you think you know he had any impact on this Sri Lankan side? It's hard to tell again because of the circumstances. Uh, but he's an effervescent character. He's uh, mm-hmm. he did well when he led uh, Sri Lanka in Pakistan, but with a depleted side, he got them uh, to to a win as well. But Again, it's a very small sample size. Uh, he was, you know, uh, eventually it's uh, we will we will be able to tell, uh, you know, uh, in due course. The, the good thing here is that you know he has some players to to work with, because Sri Lanka is a small player base, um, and uh, you know with all the greats going at nearly the same time, it was always going to be uh, tough for them. They they were always punched above their weight, and uh, this time now. Situation is is such that you you sort of tend to compare them with the time that they were doing so well, and there's always going to be a downswing in a team's fortunes when when such great players retire, especially a team with such a small player base. And right. uh, I think I think they will they will do well in in the white ball game. Uh, you know, over time, uh, give them give them some time. They've lost three more players for a year as well due to yeah. a ban, so they're they're in a tough situation. So I think. But uh, we should be a little patient with them. People writing them off, you know, giving their hot takes is is not really very good. I know yeah. the Sri Lankan fans themselves are frustrated as well because they're not used to losing so badly, and I can understand that. Uh, you know, Sri Lanka has some really passionate fans, uh, some very passionate trolls as well, but passionate fans, and uh, those those fans uh, don't take too kindly to losing. They they. Seen age with with Sangha, Mahela, Murli, Sanat, right. uh, Angelo, even at, at that point in time, Chamindawas, uh, Rangana Herat, they've, they've had their heroes, and the, those heroes have pulled them, you know, over the edge, over the precipice, many a time, and and got them to within, you know, uh, striking distance of world titles. So, it is it is tough for them. I can understand that, but I think the rest of the world should should be more understanding of their plight. Right, and I think um, I read on Cricket Info that Isru Udana also like called out quits um, from international cricket, right? So that's another. I I don't really know if he was you know part of the Sri Lanka setup, like, but I don't I don't think he was has played that many games or you know senior enough to retire, right? So that's another potential blow for them now that he's only focused on franchise cricket, I believe. He's thirty three. Um, yes, I mean he's a he's an intelligent bowler. He you know lots of slower balls but the series he wasn't at his best he got mm-hmm. collared he he played for rcb as well earlier but yeah he's 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 done okay in the cpl and other other events um, so so i think it's it's okay for him to to focus on on franchise cricket they lost tisara pereira earlier as well to who's who's going to focus on franchise cricket this is the plight of the smaller nations uh, you know uh, if if uh, some players are are not certain of their place in the side, they would rather go and you know make some money. Uh, why not? I mean, it's a, it's it's a profession, and uh, they don't make as much money as as perhaps the Indian team does. And it's uh, it's it's the way of the world now. This is this is what franchise cricket has brought about. And um, sure. yeah, it's 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 sad, but it's it's something that. We have to get used to. Though he, I don't think he was, you know, you would call him one of the decisive players in the team by any stretch of the imagination. He was one of their experienced players, and they don't have too many left now. Right now, obviously, we cannot uh, wrap up this 
this part of the conversation about the Sri Lanka series without uh, talking about Rahul Dravid. Obviously, there was a lot of chatter when it was announced that he was going to stand in as coach uh, for the Sri Lanka tour. And what did you make of, again, I understand it's a very, very short phase, like what, two weeks um, with the side. Uh, but what did you make of his, if there was anything to be seen or observed from your perspective, uh, his coaching, um, his impact on the young players, uh, is there anything to infer from his time with the team? Again, it's a very small sample size and a very trying time for the team. Uh, what I saw was, that, you know, at the difficult time when Kronar tested positive, uh, we had asked for somebody else for an interview and he said he would do the interview himself because he didn't want anyone else to take the tough questions. Uh, right. That I thought was was a telling commentary as well. I mean, somebody, uh, we've, we've always found that, you know, the Indian team uh, is is sort of tough to get information out of. And here was a coach saying, you know, even in a tough time, he would put himself up. It was not that, you know, he was offering himself up when you'd won a series or something like that. He was he was offering himself up for an interview at the time that, you know, there would be tough questions asked. Um, and, and you know, he came up and, and he gave, gave us all the answers that we wanted, uh, we wanted from him. So that was that was a, that was something that was very interesting i am not sure whether he wants to coach the indian team he gets paid very well to do the job that he does he's at the nca he's at home he's got a young family uh, right. he might want to spend a lot of time or more time with, with them than, than to go out on tour which is you know 9 10 months a year uh, other than the ipl you're out all the time uh, so i don't know whether he's ready to make that sort of commitment also he has done so well with the youngsters. With the, with the national team, there isn't that much coaching. It's more man management. Right. Um, Rahul Dravid has done so well to to coach the youngsters, to to mentor them, to to teach them, uh, you know, to make them ready for the main team. I think that's a much more important job than than to you know to do what is basically a manager's job. To be honest, it's uh, these days a cricket coach is not really a coach because you have a specialist batting coach, a specialist fielding coach, a specialist bowling coach, maybe perhaps a specialist spin bowling coach, a specialist fast bowling coach, and you've you know throw down experts. You've got everything. So uh, a coach is more some more 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 a shoulder to cry on for the captain perhaps, or or somebody to to sort of bounce ideas off and. Uh, you know, depending upon the captain at the helm, uh, you know his role probably changes. But but he's, he's not somebody uh, who who used to is, is in the traditional format of of, of a coach. Uh, you know that that we're used to. So Rahul Dravid in his position as 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 a as a real coach, uh, you know, bringing the kids up to scratch, bringing the kids up to you know international standards, so that all the players uh, that we see now uh, when they get into the team they seem ready um, and that's right. i think down to rahul dravid and, and people who work alongside him uh, all 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 the guys you know all the other coaches that work, work alongside him it's not a one man job we see rahul dravid we give him all the credit but it's it's down to all of those people so i think he's doing a fantastic job uh, where he is i personally think it might be a mistake to bring him into uh, into the the national side uh, where he will handhold rather than coach. But again, I mean, let's see what happens. I I think he's a fantastic, you know, mentor, a fantastic man. I've only the highest regard for him. And uh, 
he seems to love imparting his knowledge uh, to the next generation this is where he seems most comfortable uh, i don't think you can go wrong with him whatever he does but i personally would like to see him stay uh, and keep molding no i i agree if it, uh, if it, if it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> um you know he he's doing well where he is and just having a well respected former cricketer as coach doesn't always need to be the way to go um so yeah i think where he is right now is a pretty good place but you know you, you did bring up you know the covid cases uh that popped up which necessitated uh india feeling an unbalanced side in the last two t20 internationals now i want to get your perspective as a broadcaster um you know because i'm i'm thinking you know so india already sent what would be considered a second string side and now that's further weakened and they're essentially pulling reserve players players who actually came in as net bowlers they're in the 11 you have five batsmen and six bowlers this is not an ideal team as a broadcaster you know you have your own commitments um to your stakeholders you want to you know telecast high quality cricket how does that affect you from your perspective like are there any internal discussions about well do we even continue to telecast this if we are not getting you know what we are paid for i am not the broadcaster i i am the host broadcaster there's a, there's a difference you know so, okay. so i don't telecast uh, this stuff four years ago when i used to head production at 10 sports that would be a different situation for me uh, it doesn't really matter for me a game is a game i mean i'm right. just talking about self perspective uh, right. for me i was just happy that the games went on uh, it's people don't realize a lot of things it's uh, you know um, players are important but so is everybody else around them mm-hmm. so uh, the people who work in the production they get paid as long as the tour goes on right right so so all of those people all of the riggers the uh, the cameramen uh, the uh, replay operators the audio engineers all of them would not get paid if the tour gets called off so there is you know while there is no loss for the cricketers themselves uh, there is no loss for a lot of other people the sri lankan board would have lost a lot of money right they would they would have lost a huge amount of television revenue right they might have a chat with you know the 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 broadcaster which is sony and the other broadcasters takers around the world might have a chat and say that okay the you know we didn't have the greatest players so the advertiser didn't have enough interest i don't know that could happen but if the games had not gone on it would have been a massive loss for sri lanka cricket which is why hats off to the indian team hats off to rahul dravid shikhar dhawan and all of the other guys for staying on and right. i think they 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 did you know immense service to to sri lanka which is not a rich board they need all the money they can get and india tour brings in a huge amount of revenue so for them it was imperative that the tour went on and uh, that is that is the reason uh, i i am you know most grateful that it went on it's also for all the other people who were who were there they plan their lives accordingly they plan their livelihoods accordingly as well so if something gets cancelled you know their income gets affected so right. there are, there are so many different things around this we we talk about mental health issues and players pulling out and whether it should you know there is too much cricket and and you know whether uh, whether you should reduce the amount of cricket played there are many different takes to it this is probably a hot take uh, in the sense that uh, yes there are mental health issues players should be allowed to pull out they 
they should not be stigmatized it should be made it should be normalized but that is what is happening already australia are not playing with a full strength side they didn't play with a full strength side in the west indies they, they are not bringing their full strength side to bangladesh india sent what you said was a second string side uh, to sri lanka for for another reason but it was it wasn't the full strength side anyway uh, right. you know england england have played weaker teams they you know they have rested their players along the way this has happened and people are taking it as normal there are there are obviously some murmurs saying that england are not taking test cricket seriously but they've done they've done a good thing you know you can't have your cake and eat it too the circus that is cricket needs to go on because as i told you it feeds a lot of people as well you know there are there are uh, people making money around the world your, your livelihoods depend upon cricket if there is less cricket a lot of people would suffer the groundsmen the people right. you know uh, uh, boards advertisers uh, would not come in and the boards would suffer broadcasters or uh, the production crew around the world uh, which has you know of which there are so many now that so much so much cricket is being played they would suffer so there are lots of livelihoods it's it's you need to have a more holistic take on this it can't be just that because one player has pulled out citing mental illness or or you know mental burnout that you know everything needs to be shut down no the player can pull out should be allowed to pull out that is the conversation should be should mental health be taken seriously of course it should of course it should but it's not just about one person's mental health it's about people's livelihoods as well so right. that also needs to be taken into account and one player pulling out or two players pulling out or even 10 players pulling out should not be a problem uh, you know life should go on there's a different perspective uh, to to how cricket is played these days uh, you know teams that are not full strength are acceptable now it is it is not a problem um, right. you know the, the whole world accepts that and and as a result we're getting a wider player base you look at look at england they put out uh, put out an absolute second string team with 11 changes from the last game that they played and still beat pakistan yeah so what was that you would never have got to see them you know mm-hmm. people say that you cheapen international caps no or these guys were good enough to play international cricket and 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 they won if if the the series had been played in india and krunal pandya had had to be pulled out and and you could you could have got another people uh, you know uh, at three days notice or four days notice or whatever then you could have postponed these games and and you know got in people and played a more balanced team and perhaps we could have won that so this is this is the way of the world uh, things will happen we'll have to deal with them until the pandemic goes away and even later uh, you know uh, the bubble and the fatigue that sets in is real everybody faces it we face it they face it um but you know for if 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 a if a person from the production crew pulls out you know because of mental fatigue uh, he loses everything uh, yeah. he or she loses everything uh, for a cricketer they have central contracts they have other stuff they'll be okay hopefully hopefully um they will come back you know one month two months six months down the line and hopefully they will get their place back or even if not you know they will play franchise cricket uh, and and they will be okay hopefully um, all these things touch wood are not permanent you know so probably there are there are different takes to this it's it's not really something that uh, is as simple or as Uh, straightforward or as cut and dried as people would have us believe there are many other right. things involved and we should think of all of them as well yeah to your point uh, about 
you know, second string side cheapening international cricket or anything, right? I th- I don't. You're totally right about that. If anything, it just like it just shows you how hungry and you know um, driven these people or these players on the fringes of cricket are, right? That the the moment they get a chance, they want to pounce on it and prove what they're made of. I'm not going to get into comparisons of if they're more driven than their A squad because that's a moot point. We don't have any. That's a path I don't want to go into. But these guys are not like you know. Oh yeah, it's just oh I'm playing in a C uh, string or B string side, so I'm not as important, right? I don't think. any of these professional cricketers have that mindset right so otherwise they wouldn't be professional yeah exactly awesome. so this is this is the, the only problem that we had was that we had uh, a disbalanced team because uh, we had very few batsmen um, if if we had had a more balanced team uh, things would have been different you can't have bhuneshwar kumar coming in at 6 and kuldeep yadav coming in at 7 and and expect to compete that was that was tough and And that was that was the major problem if we had a longer batting lineup even among the top 5 we had three debutants so it's yeah. uh, it's tough for yeah. for people to to expect too much out of them it changes the way you bat it because you you can't go at the bowling from the start you have to play more cautiously because if you lose two wickets you're done um, all, all that happens and it was just the luck of the draw if we had you know if we had a different kind of you know if a different player had tested positive and you know different players had been you know quarantined then we might have had more batsmen and fewer bowlers who knows uh, you know this is this is why you know when people said why 25 people to go to sri lanka um it, it sort of was good eventually that 25 people did go to sri lanka yes we had a few people you know people like sandeep warrior uh, getting an india cap but all all credit to him he he did you know uh, he he played on an unfriendly track he did okay he he showed his his wares of pace it was it was amazing to see him see his reaction when he got the cap you know he had tears in his eyes and he clutched the cap it was uh, it was wonderful to see the beautiful. it, it yeah. was a great moment yeah i think we should just be grateful that the series concluded even right like instead of like crabbing or potentially complaining from some corners that you know things could have gone better we're just grateful that everything went more or less per plan and you know like you mentioned right the second order or the third order effects or negative consequences did not happen right so that's good we had two more players testing positive later gotham uh, and and jahel so yeah the, the the threat was real you know it affected them in in the strictest of of bubbles uh, and the bubble in sri lanka was very strict and there are very few cases in sri lanka so if if it can happen there it can happen anywhere that's that's a warning to the world but you know they they sort of dealt with it they uh, they isolated uh, these eight people who were close contacts and the rest played uh, we we are also learning more about the disease and we're we're you know less threatened by it than we used to be uh, vaccinations perhaps have helped and and uh, the thought process has changed after england opened everything up and the cases have sort of started coming down and the uh, and the casualties have co- uh, started coming down as well so it's uh, it's it's the new way of the world we will have to see how it works in the future but yeah here it is right now you're you're absolutely right it is uh, the new normal at least for the near future uh you know we'll see and it, it happened uh, you know the west indies versus australia series too where they had to postpone the game i think by a day or a couple of days uh but you're going to have these uh incidents where someone tests positive and a few players have to quarantine and someone else will have to step in and i think this is where the structure that has been set up by those countries 
to have good reserve, like a strong reserve. Like, and we are seeing that with England and India, you know, countries who have really invested a lot in developing uh, their reserves, uh, they will fare better in those situations. So uh, I, I think that's what this, you know, this new era is going to show, you know, teams who, are, who, who, have, who have those systems in place are going to be able to adjust better. Correct. Well, uh, let's get into your career. Yeah, um, you know, uh, you have a rich history as a sports telecaster, right? Live sports, tel- uh, sports casting, sorry. So if you could just, you know, walk us through how you got into this field and what brought you here or what was the hook that got you into this, right? So very curious to learn more about that. You really want to go into it? It's a really long story, and I, I think most most guys will be pretty bored listening to it. That's, I guess. But no, that's what we're here for. No, for those yeah, stories. Exactly. <laughs> yep. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Well, it's a uh, in 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 life. You know, you you don't know what you really want to do. Some people don't know what they want to do, and I was one of them. And uh, since I always used to play a sport, I knew that I wanted to be associated with it, but I didn't know how because. I was I was decent, but I wasn't a great sportsman. So I don't think I would have so made a big career out of sport. I could have got a government job and you know middle ranking government job somewhere. I guess playing sport, but that wasn't that wasn't for me. So I, I sort of muddled along and uh, yeah, I got a break in a, in a newspaper uh, sports journalism. I just, you know, somebody, I just written some pieces for them. Uh, and, uh, and I was, I was called in uh, because they had a sudden vacancy. So I, I joined them and uh, yeah, a year and a half down the line, because the pay was, wasn't the greatest uh, year and a half down the line. I think I was earning 1700 rupees or something. Um, I was thinking about television because that had just come into India and uh, it was much more lucrative. And, uh, as I thought about it, you know, as of my magic, the very next day, actually, somebody came in and asked me to join NDTV. Uh, and I thought, yeah, it's a good opportunity. But then two days after that, you know, after I'd met the guy, he gone to NDTV, met the guy, was thinking about the offer. Some other, some other gentleman came in and, uh, you know, he came into our office, in the newspaper and whispered into my ear, if you want to join me, uh, you know, just come and meet me. So I went and met him and the offer was better and that was a television channel. NDTV was a production house at that time. So I said, better join a channel than a production house. And, and I joined them. Uh, it wasn't the greatest of moves because the channel didn't last very long. Uh, it was India's first news channel, but it lasted only a year and a half or two years. And I had been there about a year, exactly a year actually. And uh, it was it was, uh, it was really struggling. And uh, the payments were not coming through, um, you know, and, and, you know, salaries, while they were being paid, seemed like they would, they would be curtailed in, in, a, in a bit of time. Uh, luckily, I had, uh, you know, in the same building, we had an organization called TWI, the, the production wing of IMG, um, was uh, just situated two floors above us. And uh, a friend of mine was working there and he, he said, you know, would you like to join us because we have vacancies? And I said, well, let's give it a go. And I met the boss there, Peter Hutton. And uh, yeah, the first meeting he offered me the job and, uh, and I jumped at the, at the opportunity. 
joined joined them. Uh, they had the rights to India cricket. They were they were producing uh, cricket for the BCCI at that point in time. The first time that uh, you know it had gone away from Doordarshan, and uh, you know I got an opportunity to to work on a lot of real sport, a lot of cricket. Uh, used to make shows for Star Sports for ESPN. There were two different entities then for Doordarshan as well for Z. Uh, for for a lot of different channels um, and uh, and yeah I mean it it was great fun but again after a while after about five years that started struggling um, and uh, at that time I got an opportunity to work with Ten Sports in Dubai and uh, yeah I joined Dubai uh, I joined Ten Sports nineteen years back now uh, or nineteen and a half years back. It was it was a great great time for me. Uh, it was the start was a little rocky, but you know a few years later it it was it was very very good, very very rewarding, uh, both financially as well as uh, you know intellectually. Uh, learned a lot of stuff, very enjoyable stuff, and uh, and yeah, from from the time uh, I think two thousand thirteen, it was bought it was bought by Z. Uh, a couple of years before before that, and then 2013, they wanted us to move back to India, so we came back to India, and uh, then it was bought over by Sony in 2017, and uh, yeah, Sony had their own ideas, and they were in Bombay, so we sort of parted ways uh, 15 years with uh, with Ten Sports, and then I decided to branch out on a freelance career. Uh, and uh, that's where we are now. Wow, that's that's a fascinating journey. It feels like you've almost traversed different eras uh, as you've come along. Yeah, that that was awesome because I grew up watching ten sports for a long, long time. So I can, yeah, it takes me back to <laughs> to my time in Kuwait and in India. <laughs> so him, him, and uh, like you know, in this podcast, and it's you know, we're still in its infancy, right? We've been fortunate enough to talk to coaches, ex-players, commentators, umpires, and even like uh, some groundsmen, right? So we could, we're just curious about um, you know the broadcasting of international matches, right? Can you like walk us through how a typical day in the life of a live telecaster director would flow like? Okay, not to not to make this sound like a job interview, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's it's these are these are these are points we don't get access to normally, right? Nobody uh, writes about this or talks about this because it's not very glamorous, right? Unless you yeah, get the role. It's very boring. Of... You really don't yeah. want to, you really don't want to know what you, how you start the day. It's it's like a normal job. You 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 start the day depending upon what it is. I mean, if it's a test match, it's a different routine. If it's a one day, it's a different routine depending on what time the one day starts. And if it's a T twenty. It's a different routine depending on, upon whether it's a triple header, a double header, or a single header. So there, are, there are so many different, you know, variations to this theme that uh, there is there is no real typical day uh, in the life. Uh, you know, we I was just doing the PSL. That typical day started at around you know one one p.m. Um, or yeah twelve thirty or one p.m. and it ended at four a.m. So that was a typical day. So there are really no typical days. There is there is really no specific routine to be followed. It's just that you need to be sharp because you've got to concentrate on every ball for however long it may be. Test cricket is is the most fun to do uh, at times. It's also the most boring to do at times. Uh, but 
I think it is the best in terms of being able to tell stories. Uh, so I, I enjoyed the most. At this point in time, uh, a fellow director just texted me, why don't they just kill one day's? Because, yeah, it, it, it tends to drag and drag and drag. Uh, now it feels like that. Because uh, a test match, you know, it evolves along the way. So days three, four, five could be very, very exciting. Day one could be very exciting. Uh, it could be soporific as well, but, you know, that's the luck of the draw. Uh, with one day, it tends to be, you know, a follow-up pattern. You know, the middle overs are really boring and then you start the slog at the end. It, it almost feels rehearsed. So, that's that's how it is. I, I know this is not the question that you asked, uh, but uh, I'll give you this answer instead because <laughs> a typical day would be really boring and it would be very difficult for me to pin down a typical day because there are so many different variations to it. That's fair. That's fair. No, I understand. You know, um, one thing that's fascinating to me is the evolution of television commentary um, over the last few decades. And the, a major trend that I've noticed is, and again, this is over decades, is former players uh, turning TV experts and commentators. And I know this is common across all sports, not just cricket. Um, but I feel like cricket at least tends more uh, to lean more towards you know, getting the services of former cricketers and not necessarily, you know, looking for specialized, you know, broadcast professionals, like, like let's say someone like Harsha Bogle, for instance. Uh, what do you think is a reason for this imbalance in cricket? Is that a very conscious decision by, you know, productions to look for ex-cricketers because they want their perspective more than, let's say, a professional broadcaster? It's a difficult question. Uh... How do you go about finding the right professional broadcaster? That's the biggest question. Uh, where do you find them? So how do you look for them? For an anchor, it's a different situation. But for, for a commentator, you know, there are, you basically throw them in at the deep end. That's, mm -hmm. that's how it works. Because there is no real opportunity other than that. So there's no real place to scout them, I guess. Uh, so that uh, that could be one of the reasons, uh, I'm guessing. If I want to take a punt on somebody, how do I take a punt on somebody? You know, with the cricketer, I mean, I if I if I interview somebody like Ashan Masood, for example, from Pakistan, I know that he will be very good when when he when he gives up the game, and you know he will he will turn out to be a good commentator, right? Um, if if I if I interview, you know, somebody like say, say Nasser Hussain at some point in time when he was a cricketer, I would know that you know he would be a very good commentator because he gives you considered thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, same with uh, Stuart Broad now. Uh, Stuart Broad talks very well. Uh, he you know he, he's very personable uh, in front of the camera. So he's, he seems like he's being groomed for a career in broadcasting immediately. You right. know, as soon as he gives up the game, I think he will step right into the commentary box. So that is perhaps the reason. I know it might be what, what people would term a lazy way of going about it. I might even agree with that. But that is where it's at. I mean, also the percep perception of people. It, it's, you know, people are given... Uh, 
uh, you know what 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 they want to be given to me to my mind one of the best commentators in the world and i've said this in every podcast so it's it's a record i didn't want to break so i'll mention him again <laughs> is fazir mohammad from the west indies but how many people know him when i mention fazir mohammad a lot of people say i i don't know who that is uh, so he he is brilliant but he wouldn't have got an opportunity anywhere else he recounts the story as well of when he was given his first opportunity and uh, and he says he thought he messed it up totally and he never expected to be called back but he was and and he turned out to be brilliant and i would say he is what tony cozier used to be cozier of course uh, legend he's treated as a legend always uh, for zero isn't uh, perhaps uh, you know uh, the way he presents himself the way he looks on television perhaps i don't know but i think he is he's just the most fantastic commentator especially when the west indies are playing and there's a history of uh, of the team to be talked about there is nobody better than him uh, in the world of broadcasting uh, i mean other than that it's it's tough uh, you know for people to get get an opportunity harsha bogle also got an opportunity because he he commentated on radio in australia and and people heard him on the radio and that's that's when you know he became big it wasn't because of his exploits in india even though he had done work in india his he, i think the first time i so heard him uh, to be honest and i i sort of noticed him was when i heard him on the radio from australia so there there is there is that as well and eventually you have to remember that there is no consensus on who a good commentator is uh, most commentators divide opinions if you sit in a room uh, you will hardly ever have a unanimous choice you know if i say uh, this man uh, you know maybe is there you know 10 people in the room eight might say is good two might say is bad you know for somebody else it would be you know five might say is good five might say is bad but you will hardly ever find you know 100% consensus it would be on only you know the, the minutest of minute uh, uh, minorities so yeah it's uh, it's it's opinion and people you know love to take their opinions very seriously also uh, you know i have this theory that uh, most people you know listen to commentary but they don't hear commentary so if most people say this guy is good then there there will be a, you know more people saying he is good just to get in with the crowd and then there might be one person who will say he is bad just to be noticed and to be different <laughs> but you know there are there are There are really, really very few people who who actually listen to commentary. I I think uh, sports commentary has a huge part uh, to play in just the way sports uh, are, is is being telecasted right now. And I think ex cricketers, former players in any other sports, they bring so much value uh, to it just because of their experience. Uh, I think there is a balance that can be done with a mix of ex cricketers who can bring in their perspectives, uh, but also. people who who can be professionally trained to present the game to people who are watching along people who can add value to it and if i can add a suggestion um i think there is so much talent out there among amateur fans um and there are these so many things like clubhouse or spaces uh, a lot of people like you know as the games are going along uh, they do what's called a watch along uh, or a watch party where they kind of talk about the game as it is going on so it's kind of alternate commentary and i feel like there are people who are really good so i don't know maybe do like a 
talent contest and look for the next Harsha Bogle or the next uh, voice of cricket. I, I think that would be an interesting way. I don't know how that's feasible. been done before. You know that, right? It's been done before. I've vaguely heard about that. I don't know what happened. Yes. I don't know what happened so, to it. So they did find commentators, but they they haven't really been, you know, able to step into Harsha's league or you okay. know anybody else's league as well. So. Um, there, there are some, you know, some very good friends who are uh, who who did very well at that. But uh, yeah, it's it is it isn't as easy. I I know. I mean, I I take your suggestion, but I don't think uh, broadcasters around the world are willing to do that. Now you can argue that that's not the best thing in the world, but then you might be the minority. Who knows? I mean, if yeah. have you have you, you know, I I would suggest that you take a poll and. And come up with the best commentators uh, that that people recognize in the world of cricket, and see where where you are with uh, with everybody else. It depends on where you do the uh, do the poll as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, there are. Uh, I mean, you might say that X commentator is great, but I might say he's terrible, and we can do it offline, <laughs> and we will disagree with most um, about most people. So. Yeah. Um, it's it's not not the easiest thing in the world. I I understand that, you know. I I personally like. I told you, I I love hearing uh, alternate takes. Um, I love you know getting people who would work very hard at the game. And I think uh, that uh, non cricketers perhaps would would work hard at the game because you know they need to keep up and find their USP, and they would be great as color commentators. But but again. Um, as far as color commentators are concerned, as far as non-cricketers are concerned, uh, there are there are not that many, and and a lot of cricketers do a fantastic job at at lead commentary. Uh, right. You have right. you know Nasser or Atherton or you, you know uh, people like that. Ian Bishop, they will be fantastic cricketers and do their job. So uh, I I don't know whether that's that's really an argument that that you can take forward if 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 everybody was terrible yes i agree with the fact that you know a lot of terrible commentators get in because they were cricketers that i i give you that because they were fantastic cricketers or they were reasonable cricketers even they get in and you know because people are more willing to give cricketers a chance uh, than than non cricketers it's it's kind of unfair uh, they get paid a lot more as well which is even <laughs> more unfair but yeah. uh, but that's that's what it is. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I hope somebody changes the system. Somebody does what you say and does a big talent hunt and and finds the next Tony Gozier. I would say. I mean, you know. Uh, so let's see. I uh, again, I think, people are less accepting, less accepting of uh, of of mistakes from uh, from non cricketers uh, than they are. Uh, from cricketers, that's that's the other issue as well. So it's not just you or people like you who perhaps might be educated cricket lot or the intelligentsia who might want to think differently. Uh, the masses, you know, I mean, I don't listen to Hindi commentary, but Hindi commentary is is the bomb. Everybody apparently wants to listen to Hindi commentary. I can't stand it, but it doesn't mean that I'm right, you know. Yeah. So we we've also got to understand that clubhouse and Twitter and spaces are not the only place, which you know, uh, which which is which is the uh, 
template for for where you know what people listen to you know the right. the crassest of commentary might might work really well in in places and i might not agree with it you might not agree with it with it but you know marketing will come to you and say that you know we want this guy because this guy you know is is fantastic his clichés are brilliant and i would say i don't <laughs> want clichés but just no but you know everybody repeats his clichés so <laughs> that's that's what it is it's not yeah. you and i alone who count it's you know it's and also stuff. the the medium right like tv medium you know you want people the average consumer wants to see like a former cricketer right because they can relate to him or her and that just gets more viewers ultimately right um although yes i also maybe... don't agree with the with the with the caricature of of you know some of these anchors they want you know to dumb down women anchors you've some fantastic women anchors as well and we don't need to dumb them down you know somebody like uh, you know mainti or zainab abbas from pakistan or kas naidu from south africa uh, you know uh, ebony rain for trend isha guha mm-hmm. uh, mel jones presented for me in the cpl and she was brilliant i mean why would you want to dumb them down again there are some of these are non cricketers some of these are cricketers uh, it's it's just it's just terrible that you want want them to wear some kind of outfit and want to parade them around and for what cricket is a serious game and and women know cricket at this point in time that you don't have to dumb them down it's right. you just pandering to to some sort of stereotype which which is offensive i think and it, this this is yeah, we we all need to move on and we need to sort of create a new sort of audio literature or video literature yeah well as it stands it it's almost sounds like current cricketers are unwittingly auditioning for future commentary gigs uh i mean just the recent player that comes to mind is dinesh karthik i think he's been earning rave reviews for his um commentary stints in the last month or so um and from what i've heard it sounds like he's actually putting in the work he's like talking with commentators he's you know talking with people about how can he improve uh you know what do people want what what kind of commentary do people enjoy so it, like if that is a template i think that's that is good um for former cricketers turned commentators and i think yeah that that would be great for the average viewer well uh so what did dinesh karthik do before he he started commenting did he commented anywhere so by by your uh, logic uh, he shouldn't have got the gig right he he got in right up uh, you know he, he got in straight into international cricket with sky he did the world test championship final uh, he should have he should have auditioned he should have sort of you know worked his way up but that didn't happen and yeah i i hope he's working hard i mean he may have a great pr uh, you know company as well who knows i mean all all of these are stories until i work with him i don't know uh, but yeah i mean he's he's been okay he's been he's been fine i i i liked some of his commentary he has a sense of humor he's he's got a ready wit uh but again if if we go by your uh, you know what what you said he shouldn't have been anywhere near a commentary box i'm not uh, against yeah. former cricketers turning no, commentary by against, the way <laughs> i'm not for or against i'm not for or against but i'm saying you know this is he, he only got in there because he he's uh, he's an ex or he's he's a, he's a cricketer hmm. and uh there there is absolutely no other reason for it um yeah. yes 
I mean, how many other people get interviewed or how many other people get a, get a chance? Uh, right. He, he got, you know, he, he must have been interviewed, must have impressed somebody, may have a great agent. Uh, I mean, you, if you wanted to comment it, you don't have an agent, you wouldn't, you would get nowhere near an agent. No agent would want you. So eventually there's also, you know, this whole uh, process of uh, when you're looking for commentators, you talk to an agent, you, you find, you find the contact, maybe you, maybe you talk to those guys, but an agent will, will only have those people on, on his uh, plate who, who he can offer forward and he can get some money out of eventually. So this is, this is obviously uh, how, how it works and cricketers will, will probably always have this. It's, it's not like in other sports, uh, like football, you know, it's a lot more evolved, a lot more commentary happens. You have, you know, club channels in England, you have radio in England, you have, you know, uh, you, have, you have all of that in America as well. You've got so many different channels that people, people commentate for on university games and right. they're all telecast. Uh, it's, and it's not the same old people everywhere as, as their own uh, sort of person commentating. So you get, you get a lot more choice in India. It's a lot more limited. Um, very few options. There's only one or two channels sort of broadcasting and they will go to the same people eventually. They will, why would they sort of take a punt on somebody else unless, uh, you know, somebody new becomes available and that's only cricketers. So, right. and you look at, you look at Sony, uh, Sony's commentary on the Olympics and they're getting panned because, you know, uh, people, commentators are saying stuff which some people think is, is not intelligent enough. I have the greatest sympathy for these guys because, you know, in, in multi-sports events, you've got one commentator uh, commentating on 10, 15 different sports. And how do you expect one guy to know everything? Obviously, right. he might he might do cliches. If a cricketer does cliches, we are all happy to forgive him. If, you know, uh, a non-cricketer uh, slips in something which may, be, which may be not great, we will all jump on him and tear him to bits and it's 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 very unfair so i am yeah. i'm not against what you're saying at all i'm just telling you why it's it's the case it's you know when when people say news in india is terrible why is it terrible because that's that's what you want to watch you're watching that right so that's why it's it's being given to you if you're not watching it people will not give it to you absolutely yeah fair enough um now that we've covered your past the present way of doing things right like well this is more to do with a little bit of present and the future right um what are some of the challenges in your job like you know in a you know i don't know how covid has impacted your profession himant uh in the world of uh sports telecasting and how does the future look like does it go back to the normal or is the normal completely redefined now for you as a broad, uh, sports broadcaster we, we we don't know we don't know what the future holds obviously it it, it impacts production crew like I, like I told you and I'm part of that so uh, people had no work for about a year you know, when the pandemic pandemic had hit people when, when you know that's that's why I feel very strongly when uh, when there is talk of you know one person's apparent mental struggles and and you want to shut everything down or, or I mean it won't happen but people talk about it people with cushy jobs perhaps or people with you know, people who have less to lose, uh, you know, people in different parts of the world. There are different challenges everywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, biggest challenge is, you know, putting food on the table for, for a lot of people. So, uh, you know, if 
if one in, entire industry shuts down it's it's terrible for for a lot of different people so yes it impacted our industry tremendously uh, it is it is still impacting us because uh, because we've got a quarantine everywhere we need, we need to do covid tests travel is not very easy you can't do the same jobs that uh, you would otherwise because you might not be able to travel to those places or if you travel to those places you might not be able to come back so all all those uh, things uh, remain you you got to remain in a bubble throughout so what the players go through we go through as well um, and uh, uh, yes i mean uh, perhaps uh, you know uh, production staff does not have the liberty to you know even sort of uh, you know look at stuff like mental illness because uh, you know if if you if you look at you know mental strain and stuff then you you lose your job somebody else will replace you 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 may never get to do that job again and you you haven't made the kind of money that perhaps sportsmen have so you find it very hard to sort of give that up at that point in time things happen i mean be it's there there has been there are there have been a few people who have lost their lives as well uh one of my uh, friends uh, colleagues uh, who directed uh, live cricket for bcci has passed away uh, due to uh, due to complications as well uh, and uh, and yeah it's a it's it's been a tough period it's been uh, it's been we i've lost uh, a few friends during this time not entirely to covid but you know covid has impacted uh, uh, a lot of lives in in a lot of different ways and it will con- continue to do so for for some time now um but again we've, we've got to do what what we can we've got to make the best of uh, what there is there are, there can be no complaints i mean at least at this point in time i'm not complaining i'm just grateful that people have work to do uh, you know right now the lpl uh, the lanka premier league got pushed back or cancelled or whatever uh, and that was a whole chunk of work it was 20 days of work for a lot of people and that that just suddenly disappeared uh, and people would have factored that in into their into their sort of life they would have had their you know emi payments they would have had other stuff to do so yeah it's this is this is where it's at it's it's a tough time well hemant on that note uh, you know we'll you know i just want to thank you so much for your time and i want to say that if if you if you've not ever heard it from anyone else i want to thank you for all that you do and other people in your position do because you know we as cricket fans are grateful for any cricketing action that's been happening over the past year because we know that you know when we talk of sacrifices we know that players coaches umpires you know they spend long times away from family and stay in bubbles and you know it's easy to forget the production staff the people behind the scenes and uh, but you guys make it happen you guys make it possible for fans all over the world to watch those games because without you it wouldn't be possible so i want to thank you for all that you do and for all the sacrifices you guys do uh you know to you know you know sometimes i think oh that would be a perfect job just traveling the world covering cricket but i know that personally you have to make your own sacrifices too staying away from family and friends and you know hotel rooms for like multiple year uh, days out of the year so we do appreciate all of that and 
just thank you so much for sharing your perspectives and thoughts today. Uh, you know, a lot of it has changed the way I look at some of the things. So it's uh, definitely been an interesting chat. So thank you uh, yeah, again I, for your time. Yeah, I definitely want to echo Benny's comments, right? We just switch on our TV or pay like $10 per month and we get like amazing broadcasts with different angles and, you know, like all those things that we take for granted, right? So a huge thanks to you and your team wherever you go and wherever you bring the action life to consumers like us. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, it's it's for fans like like you. Uh, you know, that's 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 what we're here for. And uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, you know I could I could share a few things. Perhaps not exactly the the answers to the questions that 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 you had. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was interesting and uh, you know probably worth uh, the sort of information because these these are the topics that are that are doing the rounds. Ben Stokes right. was was a was a recent topic and. And yeah, I, you know, there are different perspectives. It's it's important to realize uh, that there are many lives involved, and uh, whatever we do, we need to measure up, you know, what the greatest good is, uh, and 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 work in that way. And we need to be more understanding, more kind uh, to to everybody. Mental health is 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 an issue these days uh, it probably always was just like concussion you know we we, we only just realized Park Duplessis uh, was concussed during the PSL and and you know he's uh, he, he's still not right I mean he, he still had effects of the uh, of the concussion uh, until a few days back so things we, we re- realizing more and more uh, you know that the things uh, have a lasting impact and and we, we've got to be more uh, you know, uh, you've got to we've got to have a different perspective to things, but you also need to realize that you know there are many many other lives, and you have to take that perspective as well. Well said. Well, thanks again, Heyman, and uh, you know, best of luck in everything that you are doing and continue to do. Thank you so much, Benny. Thanks, Nish. Thanks, Heyman. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that's it for this episode of The Last Wicket. A special thanks to Heyman Butch for his time and perspectives. And you can find more of him on Twitter at Heyman Butch. Meanwhile, if you enjoy this conversation, do rate and subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. Follow us on your social media feeds and leave us a voice message if you would like to share your thoughts with us. Thank you for listening. And from all of us here at The Last Wicket, stay safe and stay healthy.